The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the one God who creates, redeems, and makes us holy. Amen. The shepherds went with haste to Mary and Joseph and told them what the angel had said to them about this child. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth 
and lying in a manger. Today, Bethlehem is more than a geographic location in Palestine. Today, Bethlehem is within us. Both are situated amidst hope and joy, sorrow and loss, conflict and violence, healing and reconciliation. The older I get and the more I experience the beauty and the pain of life, the more I want to live the Christmas story in this time and in this place. The story that matters and makes a difference is whether Jesus has been born again in us today. What good is it to us if the angel announces good news of great joy to the shepherds, if that good news is not also announced to us in our lives? What good is it to us if the shepherds go and see this thing that has taken place, if we do not also see it? What good is it if Mary treasures and ponders how these things can be, if we do not also wonder at the mystery of God with us? What good is it for Jesus to be laid in a manger in Bethlehem if he is not also cradled in the manger of our own heart where God's life and our life intersect? Today, the manger of our humanity is filled with divinity. Once the shepherds leave, having told Mary and Joseph what the angel said, there's only silence in our narrative. Neither of them say a word. And maybe that's how it should be. Both had their lives ruptured by angelic encounters. Gabriel's encounter with Mary at the Annunciation, Joseph's encounter with him in a dream, don't lead them out of doubt and into faith. Their encounter with the angel leads them out of certainty and into holy bewilderment. Out of familiar spiritual territory and into a lifetime of pondering, wondering, questioning, and wrestling. Like Mary and Joseph, many of us were raised with a precise and comprehensive picture of who God is and how God operates in the world. Who knew that our life with God would be to shed our neat conceptions of the divine and emerge into a world vulnerable and new again and again. This, of course, is what Mary and Joseph had to do in the aftermath of their angelic encounters. They had to consent to evolve, to wonder, to stretch. 
they had to learn that faith and doubt are not opposites, that beyond all the easy platitudes of religion, we serve a God who dwells in mystery. If we agree to embark on a journey with this God, we too will face periods of bewilderment. This can frighten us as it did them and tempt us to try to hold our relationship with God at a sanitized distance from our actual circumstances. Such efforts leave us with a faith that is rigid and inflexible. It's when our inherited beliefs collide with the messy circumstances of our lives that we go from a two-dimensional faith to one that is vibrant and alive. Silent treasuring and pondering are how we begin to make meaning of Jesus' birth beyond a historic fact or doctrinal belief. We don't need more facts or information. It's a time to move from the event of Christmas to the meaning of Christmas. Making meaning is not about explaining, understanding, or analyzing. Treasuring and pondering are the work of the heart to interiorize the reality of God with us. God with us, not a concept to be explained, but a truth to be lived. Only we can encounter the treasure his birth holds for us. Only our pondering can reveal the things about him, us, and our life together. We don't need to be afraid to go to that place to become intimate with our own experiences, even our mistakes, and learn from them. God hides in the depths, even in the depths of our sins. We humans crave meaning. We need to make meaning, and so allow Jesus to give meaning to us. We need to ponder and open ourselves to what this birth might mean for our life today. By it, God is inviting us to inhabit the fullness of our humanity. Despite the way our culture markets Christmas, Christmas is not an escape from real life. The point of the Incarnation is that Jesus is one of us in the ordinary. The good news of great joy is announced in the ups and downs, frustrations and celebrations, joys and sorrows of life. The birth that interrupted the shepherds and called the shepherds away is also the birth that returned them to their fields and flocks. They carried the birth of Jesus back within themselves. Their flocks and their fields were no different, but they were. Like the shepherds, 
we must leave the scene of the nativity, the event of Christmas, and return to the fields of our lives, to the ordinary and the routine, the familiar daily work and worries. That's where we will ponder and treasure God's embodiment of our humanity. That's where we will glorify and praise God for all we have heard and seen. That's where all of life and creation are made holy in the joining together of heaven and earth, divinity and humanity, spirit and matter. Every year I come to this feast wanting one thing, to be reminded of the truth of the angel's words so that I can rely on that birth in my life and in our world, which aches to hear the good news of great joy that can overcome our many divisions. I think deep down that's what we all want. This manger holds the creator of us all. Every aspect of our lives and all of creation are cradled in him. Today the creator is born, and by that birth, we the created are offered the gift to be reborn. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.